Yo, what's going on, Victory Church? How you doing this morning? My name is Troy. Me and my wife, Darla, get the incredible privilege to pastor this church. And if you're visiting with us this morning, I want to say welcome. Thank you for joining us. As you just saw, there is a series coming up, and it actually starts next Sunday. So here's the deal. We are kind of in the middle of two series. If you have been with us for the past uh, about five weeks, you know we just brought to close a series called The Greatest Show, where we were talking about the grace of Jesus Christ and the grace of God. How many of you enjoyed that series? Was that a series you enjoyed? A great time just being able to break that open and, and what that means in our culture and in our church. And next week, we'll be starting a series called From Here to There. And here's the deal with that. I think as your pastor, it's my responsibility uh, every once in a while to kind of challenge your faith and to kind of encourage you to think bigger and to expect more out of God. And so there are times throughout the year where we like to really dig into the word and go after our faith and challenge our faith to believe. And so if you were here, I don't know, probably about three or four months ago, we did a series called Greater Things, and that's kind of what that did. We looked at Elijah and how he gave up the good to go after the great. And that's what this series is going to be about starting next week. It's going to be all about your faith. It's, it's all built off the verse that says if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to that mountain, you can say move from here to there, and it'll move. And I just believe we are all in a situation where we're here, and we all want to go there. For example, if our marriage is here and it could be better, we want our marriage to go there. We want our parenting skills that are here to go there. We want our finances that are here to go there. We want our belief in God that's here to go there. It's a concept of raising your faith and believing and expecting more out of God. And so we're going to start that next week. So do yourself a favor right now. Make plans. Tell people. Make it a point to be here for this entire series. It's going to take us right up to December. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that towards the end of the service. But I'm just believing great things for that series. Amen? <clears throat> you ready for the word? If you got your Bibles, open up to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 6. You've got Genesis, then you've got Exodus. If you have your Bibles, if you have your phone, feel free to use your phone. If not, every scripture I use will be on the screen behind me. In the middle of these two series, from the greatest show to from here to there, I thought it would be important for us to pause for a moment and to spend some time just one day talking about all that God has done and what God is doing and what we're asking God to do to look at the why behind all of the what that we do. And we're going to call these Vision Sundays, okay? Vision Sundays. You'll hear me every six to eight months or so, you'll hear me step up one Sunday and talk about Vision Sunday. And it's an opportunity for me to tell you, hey, this is what God's been doing. Hey, this is what God is doing. This is what we're asking God to do. And just to remind us the why behind the what. The Bible says in Proverbs that people without vision perish, because we're going so much, right? There's another version that says they cast off restraint. They just do whatever they want. And so we as human beings, we need direction, right? When we have kids, we direct our kids. We tell them what to go and, and, or, or where to go and what to do. And so as people of God, we need direction. We need to know what it is that we're supposed to be doing. And when you're, when you're a, a church plant, <clears throat> there's so much that needs to be done. And if we're not constantly reminded of the why behind the what, we'll get frustrated and begin to walk away. It's the why that propels us. It's the why that motivates us. And it's the why that keeps us faithful. And so it's important for us to know the why behind Victory Church. Here at Victory Church, we have four whys. Four whys. And why we do, why did, why did Smyrna need another church? Why are we here? Why are we called Victory? Why are we in this location? Why are we diverse? Why are we going, you know, why are we doing all these things? We have four big whys. 
That's why we do it. Here's what they are. I'm going to go ahead and give you the, the ending of the movie at the beginning, okay? They are no God. They are find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We are here to help people, to help you and to help other people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. We believe, listen to me, we believe that God made a promise for each and every one of us to walk in a victorious life. Just believe it. I'm going to show you that today. I believe God made promises for you and for me. You know, people tend to get in that mindset of, well, as long as I'm here, life's just going to kind of be horrible, right? If I'm a Christian, I'm looking forward to heaven, and I'm not so much caring about today or on this earth because I'm just going to have to constantly fight the battles of the world. And listen, God made promises that you and I could have a victorious life while we're here. We could have a victorious marriage. We could have a victorious uh, family. We could have a victorious job. We could have a victorious influence, victory in our finances. That's why we named the church Victory Church, because we believe in the word of God that he said that you and I could operate while we're here in victory, that we could have victory through and in Jesus Christ. And so there's four promises, four core promises that we built the know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference on. I don't want you to think we just sit in a room and pin some stuff together and thought, this is creative. Let's go with this. Or this sounds cute. Let's do this. No, we built this off the word of God. And we're going to see it in Exodus chapter 6. We're going to look at three verses, 6, 7, 8. Let me be a simple message today. 6, 7, and 8. It says, therefore, say to the Israelites. So God's people are in captivity, okay? And this is God speaking. It says, hey, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. And I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. This is God speaking. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give to you as a possession, for I am the Lord. Now, to some of you, that may sound like gibberish. You don't understand yoke, Egyptians, none of that. You know, you're not watching any kind of old-timey movie. None of that makes sense. This isn't Ben-Hur. You don't know what's going on. But listen to me. Those were promises that God made to the children of Israel 3,000 years ago. And the moment you and I put our faith in Jesus, those same promises are now made available to you and I. And the truth of the matter is this, that we're not slave to Egyptians, but we're slave to sin. And the moment that we put our faith in Jesus, that slavery is broken, right? And there's a process in which God then promises us freedom and promises us purpose and promises us, promises us fulfillment to move forward into a realm of victory. So these promises are the promises in which we built this church and they're the promises for you this morning. And here's what they are. Number one, know God. Number one, know God. The Bible said, therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out. That, that statement right there, that promise, I will bring you out, that's the promise of salvation. That's number one. That's what God promises us. God promises us salvation. The why behind Victory Church. Why do we? Look, Victory Church is called to help people know God. Amen? Look at the person beside you and say, they're here to, to help people know God. I'm going to have to get you all involved. A little, little, little unawake this morning. They're here to help people know God. God, this is the reason we exist. 
We are strategic about this in every arena. This is the, the whole purpose behind this church is to help people get closer to God. Everything we do, we're strategic. We're strategic in the way we dress. We're strategic in our service time. We're strategic in the lobby. We're strategic in the parking lot. We're strategic with growth track. We're strategic with the dream team. We're strategic with everything we do to be able to help people get closer to God. Matter of fact, our dream team often, went before they get ready to go get in their different places to serve, there's a Victory Way banner that we read. And it reminds us that today could be someone's first Sunday to walk in here, their first opportunity to hear the gospel and the grace of Jesus Christ. And it helps us get our mind right that we are here. Listen, we were never here to be able to sit in a seat and just eat. We were here to help other people get closer to God. That's your purpose the reason why you didn't get saved and disappear, you ever wonder that? Right? If, if the problem is for you to no longer sin after you accept Christ, why didn't the moment we accept Christ, why didn't we just go up? Right? Like, I, I accept you, poof, gone. There you go, boom. It's like the old movie, Left Behind. You're just out of, gone. Why not? Because the whole purpose was for us to stay here and to help encourage other people to get closer to God. In Victory Church, we want two butts in the seat. All right? Two butts. First butt is people who are far from God who want to get to know him. The other but are people who are passionate about helping them get there. That's the two buts we want. People who don't know God and people who are passionate about helping them find God. That's what we're about. That's what we're passionate about. Can I, can I share with you real quick? I'm, I'm excited about this, what God has already done. So in case you are visiting with us or you, or you haven't been here in a while, we are today 38 weeks old. Can you believe that? 200. 66 days is how long Victory Church has been open. 38 weeks old. Anybody here got a 38-week-old? Don't y'all hate when parents do that? How old's your kid? 38 weeks. What does it even mean, right? Just say what it really is. 38 weeks. I don't know how. He's 266 years, days old. That's how old he is, right? But that's how old we are. And check this out. In 38 weeks, you ready for this? 53 people have committed their life to God. Come on. We got to give God praise for that. 53 people. That's more than a person a day that we meet here. God is moving, and it's all because of the grace of God. 30, 53 people in 38 Sundays. 38 Sundays. We've seen 12 people be baptized and confess their faith to the Lord. I, I thought this was exciting, and I'm explaining to you why this is a big deal. It's not necessarily on here, but hold on one second. Um, every week, we have over 400 people view this service on live stream, online. And this is why this is huge. First of all, hello, online family. We love you. Um, here, here's why this is important. Yes, I understand there are people who might live, uh, who might know us, or, or you have family that lives in different cities that may watch. But listen to me. There are people out there who are they're not quite sure if they're ready to go to church. And they're not quite sure if they're ready to, to get into Christianity or religion in their mind. But they're interested in God. And they have the opportunity to pull up live stream on a phone or on their laptop and they get to hear, think about it, if they listen to any of the past five Sundays where we broke open the message of Jesus Christ and the grace of Jesus Christ, if they heard that, they had an opportunity to give their heart to the Lord. That's incredible. That's incredible to think about. We have vision for the next six months or so. We want to take that to another level. And we want to be able to bring excellence to that area of online. We even want to be able to give them their own pastor. We want to have an online pastor who, co who communicates with them and ministers to them throughout the week. We've just got vision for that because we believe that every Sunday, 400 or more people are watching the message that's happening right here in this room. Isn't that cool? Another statistic I wanted to share with you of what God's doing, and you'll see why it's a big deal, is the finances. 
If you, if, you, if you call Victory Church your church, this, this will tend to uh, be an interest of yours. And I'm excited because church is a tithing church. It's a giving church. And I've heard people tell me before, if you go after the lost, you won't be able to fund anything you want to do. Because new Christians don't tithe. But here was my statement. God will always take care of us. And God always does. Check this out, okay? In the process of every time, we have been operating off of 90% of our budget. We want to get to a place where we only off of 60% of our budget, but we operate off of 90% of our budget. So the other 10%, the money that comes in, the other 10%, we put 3% of it into missions, into an outreach account where we can do missions work, we can do outreach work, and the other 7% in savings. And I don't know if it came up on here. We have over $53,000 in savings, right? Come on, you can, you can give God praise for that. You imagine? There are churches out there that are struggling with debt. I had a vision. I didn't ever want to have to get up here and beg you for money. Right? They never want to do I want to spend time where I should be talking about the word of God to be talking about money. And that's what happens. God's faithfulness, and because of your faithfulness to give $53,000 in savings, and what is over $3,000, almost $4,000 in missions in that outreach account. And here's why that's important. Because of that, we're able to do something like the trunk or treat. And let me kind of cast vision for that for a minute, because we've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks. Let me cast vision to it. Okay? Let me explain to you what we imagine happening. First of all, it's an opportunity for us to serve the community, right? It's another opportunity for us to reach out and to fill a need. You've got kids all throughout the area who come Halloween, come weeks before Halloween, they want candy, and their parents might not have the money, not, might not be able to have the time. What if they're busy on, holiday, on Halloween night or what if they're busy the weekend before? And we're providing an event here where you get to step up and serve with your trunks, and the church is providing all of the candy. And Pastor Brian said before, if you want to add more candy, hey, we'll take it. But your tithes and offerings have already paid for the candy. And we get to take door hangers and put them all throughout the communities that's around the school. And we've got invitations that we're going to put in your hands and ask you to invite your friends and your coworkers. We're going to attempt to take it to Chick-fil-A and see if they'll put it in their bags in the drive-thru. We want the whole community to know that this is going on. And here's why. There's only one reason why we would do this. It's not because we really want kids to have candy. I have kids. I don't want them to have candy. Okay? That's not the real purpose. The real purpose is that somebody's going to come onto this grounds that do not know Jesus. And they're going to walk and they're going to go, wait a minute, is this a church? And they're going to meet all of you and find out how incredibly awesome you are. And now they're going to want to come and they're going to come and hear the message of the gospel. And they're going to give their heart to God. And we're going to do all we can to help people get one more step closer to knowing God. That's all we're about. Jesus tells a parable in the book of Matthew. I thought this was interesting. He says, all right, put it this way. Let's say that you had a hundred sheep. And then all of a sudden, one of them wandered away. Would you? not leave the 99 on the hilltop to go after the one? You've got 100 sheep, one wanders away, hey, I still got 99, right? You don't do this with your kids. If one kid runs away, well, I still got two good ones. You know, it doesn't work that way, right? You're passionate about the one that's missing. God is more concerned about the outsider than the insider, and he's more concerned about the lost than he is the found. And here's why, because he knows that those that are found and those that are the inside, they're safe. They know the gospel. They know the relationship with Jesus, but he yearns for the lost. That has to be our passion. That has to be our identity. Hear me. I did a census on Smyrna, Tennessee before we moved here on our zip code. In our zip code, over 55,000 people live here. 55,704 people in our zip code. When this census was done, so I bet there's probably more, Okay. And when you did the math, there are 32,476 that do not claim to have faith in God. Can you imagine that? 
Where you eat, where you live, where you work, there are over 32,000 people that don't know about Jesus. That's why helping people know God through the gospel and the grace of Jesus Christ will always be our number one responsibility. It's what we're about. It's why we exist. Why? Set up every Saturday? Why do we break down every Sunday? Why do we come in here and practice and prepare? Why do we do all of this? Is so that somebody might get one more step closer to God. The opportunity to help one person get to know God. That's why we're here. That's what it's about. To help people get brought out of that and in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're in here and you already have a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's a mandate on your life to help other people find it. Amen? So why are we here? We're here to help people know God. It's important. People that are in your life, friends, co-workers, neighbors, God has commissioned you to go and make disciples, to tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible refers to the gospel as good news. And you would think that it wasn't good news because we rarely share it. But it's important for those of us that know God to talk about him, to share him, to give other people the opportunity to know the grace and the God and the freedom that we already know. Amen? Second is to find freedom. So the first reason that we're here is to help people know God. The second reason we're here is to help people find freedom. Exodus 6, 6 said, I will free you from being slaves to them. Now, this was interesting to me because the first verse already said he was going to bring them out of slavery. So now he's freeing them again. Right? Well, I don't, I don't understand it. You already brought me out of freedom or out of slavery. Now you're, now you're freeing me again? What's the concept here? here? Here's what that is. I will free you is the promise of deliverance. And Victory Church is called to help people find freedom. The children of Israel had, had been set free from slavery, but listen, they still had a slavery mindset. A lot of us accept the gospel of grace and the gospel of Jesus, but we still operate with a sin mindset. Because salvation is instant, but deliverance is a process, right? And unfortunately, this is where most Christians park the car. Most Christians aren't living in excitement that they get to share the gospel. Most Christians aren't walking around, smiles on their face, serving other people. Most Christians are walking around battling within on whether or not they are a good enough person to be able to glorify God and get into heaven. That's where we, most of us park our car, back and forth. I'm, oh, I'm bad, I'm good. I'm bad, I'm good. And this is not surprising because even Paul let us know he struggled with the same thing, Romans chapter 7. Paul said, so I find this law at work in my life. Although I want to do good, evil's right there. Anybody? You want to do good, but evil's right there. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law that's at work in me waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin that's at work within. Watch this. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul said, I got a problem. I got an issue. I want to do good, but I keep doing bad. I've been set free by the gospel of Christ, but I'm still operating in sin. I've been set free from slavery, but I have a mindset of being a slave. And so Paul says, listen, you can be set free from You can be set free, but freedom comes in discipleship. That's where your freedom operates. Did you notice that every time Jesus interacted with somebody in the Bible, he said these two words. He'd look at them and he'd say, follow me. Notice he didn't throw a book at them. 
When we hear the word discipleship, we think literature. <laughs> we think we have to learn stuff, right? It means I have to get more information. Information doesn't change you, okay? Throughout the Bible, change was brought through God by people. God used people to change other people, okay? This is the concept. We believe discipleship comes in the context of relationship. God wants to set you free, but you've got to get yourself around some people that know the word, that are studying the word, that are looking at the word, that are operating and walking like Christ said, follow me. He didn't say, here, read the first five books of the law of Moses. He didn't go through that process. He said, follow me. This is discipleship. Follow me. Paul said it like this. Follow me as long as I follow Christ. As long as it's just a, it's one, y'all, y'all remember when you were in grade school and they bring out the rope, right? And every kid going to the bathroom, and everybody had the robe, and everybody had to walk like this. This is what discipleship actually looks like. At the very front is Jesus, all right, and then there are people, and nobody's perfect. Everybody gets away from the rope for a moment, but the the concept of discipleship is I am following other people who are following Christ, and I'm learning what it means to be a disciple, because discipleship is in the context of relationship. The way we do it here, and I'm really passionate about this, we, we get out of the book of Exodus chapter 18, where Moses is kind of doing this one-man show, right? He's kind of pastoring everybody. And his father, Jethro, comes to him and says, hey, you're going to lose your mind, and those people are going to lose their mind because you can't meet all of their needs. And so he gives him kind of a layout that we see, all we see it nowadays in pyramid schemes and everything. He gives him a layout. I'm going to show you the layout of what it looks like, and I'm going to tell you how we do it in our church, all right? Um, so this is kind of the layout, and we do it in two ways. We do it in dream team, and we do it in small groups, okay? So let me explain. So dream team, right, you've got, we'll just say the green person is me, all right? And then so you've got some leadership team, and then people under them, and people under them, and people under them, and it continues that process, right? Does that make sense? Everybody understand what that looks like? Same thing for small groups, okay? So you might have a small group leader who has a few small groups, and then as that grows, we break it out into other small groups, and it grows. Here's what's happening in that concept, and please get this and understand this. If this is you, you have somebody in your life who loves you and knows you, and who is in your life asking about things, and helping disciple you, and mentor you, and helping you with the Bible, and being involved in your life, and bringing friendship and relationship, and you've also got somebody that you are doing that to, Does that make sense? You're both receiving and pouring out. That's discipleship. So many people want to come in and sit down, give me more information so I can become a disciple. Number one, you don't want that. You would leave if we tried to do that. Here's 28 books. Read these by next Sunday. Wouldn't work that way. What you need is someone pouring into you and the opportunity for you to turn around and pour out. Because as you're being poured in and then you turn around and pour out, guess what? You need more because nothing will give you more hunger for the word of God than to have somebody expecting you to have some. When someone's expecting you to give them something, it causes you to put your face in the book. And you have to study something because you know that somebody is depending on you. And it's a model all through Dream Team, all through small groups. It's a model of relationship that brings discipleship. And most Christians don't have this part. They're so quick to go to church, and some are even quick to serve. But when you start talking about real outside relationship, can I educate you for a moment? This was the only church that existed in Jesus' day. The the, the new church, the church that came with the disciples, it didn't look like this. They didn't have production and smoke. You know what I mean? It didn't happen that way. They met in people's houses, right? 
and they ate Mexican food. We declared that a few weeks ago. They had white cheese dip and chips. That's how it worked out. But in that process, they fellowship together. And when they're together, hey, how are these people? Well, let me say, and while these people are together, how are these people? And it's amazing how the process works. And listen to me, that is the best way to see 32,000 people give their heart to Jesus. The best way. And I just, I'm going to warn you now, I'm here to see every person in Smyrna, Tennessee following God. That's why I'm here. I'll be here if it takes, however long it takes. And I believe this is the number one way to do it, right here. I understand the role I have to play, but understand something. You got one me, and you've got a It's more effective through you than it'll ever be through me. God will do more through you ministering to somebody than he'll do from this pulpit. You better believe it. I'll tell you something that I'm believing for in the next six months that we're wanting to do is a prayer model. We're going to run it down the same way. I I believe in prayer. Matter of fact, I didn't didn't say this, but I'm going to say it now. We'll take from here to there all the way to the beginning of December. Then we'll do a Christmas series. And we've got a candlelight service for our church. And we've got a kid's play we're going to do. It's going to be an incredible December. In uh, December 30th, I believe, right before New Year's, we will begin a prayer series where I'm going to teach on prayer. And from January 1 to January 21, we're going to do a 21-day prayer and fasting as a church. And it will lead us right up to our one-year birthday. It's going to be an incredible season, incredible time. And I believe in prayer. And I model prayer. And I want to show you how we want to get to a place where I can look you in the face and I can say, you've been prayed over by name every day this week. Wouldn't that be great? What if I could get up and say that? Because most people say stuff like that, but they don't really do it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, hey, would you pray for me? Yeah, I'll pray for you. Hey, pray. You don't even know my name, right? You don't even know what I'm talking about. I'll pray for you. You want to know what? You want to know what you're going to pray about? No? Bye. And so how would I be able to get up and tell you, man, today, someone has prayed for your name every day the past seven days. Wouldn't that be great to know? Somebody prayed for you and your family and your kids. Wouldn't that be great? Let me tell you how we want to do this. So this little green guy is Jay Eastway. Jay Eastway oversees all of our prayer ministry, okay? And then these four right here represent the prayer team that he's built, This prayer team has been given the responsibility to pray for the leadership of the church every day by name, every day. So there's somebody praying for me every day, praying for Darla, praying for our girls every day by name. And then they're responsible for upholding the small group leaders to be responsible to pray for the people in their small group by name every day. Think about it. So number one, you're not putting a big responsibility on anybody. Might be eight or ten people you're praying for every day. Do that over coffee in the newspaper or whatever we do to get news today. Right, and, and so as the process continues to go, it eventually covers everybody. But if you're not in a small group, we're not able to do that. The only way you can really do the system is for you to be able to get into the system. This is how you find freedom. Can I tell you something I believe in my heart? And I will, I will go to my grave believing this. Church does not bring change. Church gives you the desire to change. You come into church and you hear the word or you experience worship and you have this desire to change. Church doesn't change you. Discipleship changes you. I can prove it to you. I'll say something one Sunday, and you'll be like, man, that's good. And if I found you Monday at Kroger, and I said, hey, remember what I said? You'd be like, uh, no. How many times have we made commitments on a Sunday morning in a service of something we wanted to change, but we forgot about it by Monday, right? Because church doesn't change us. Church gives us the desire to change. It moves the Holy Spirit into our spirit that causes us to want to change, and it's discipleship and the process that moves us to change. So the church is here to help people know God. We're here to bring lost people into this place. But listen, not just lost people. I believe God's called us to be a church for people who know God but just want to get even closer to him. You know what I mean? So we're here. Why are we here? To help people know God. Secondly, to help people find freedom. That's important. Number three is to help people discover their purpose. 
The Bible said, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with the mighty acts of judgment. I will redeem you. Listen to me. That is the promise of restoration. That's God's promise of restoration. And we are called as a church to help people discover their purpose. Can I tell you something? Look at me. Everybody look at me. Give me, give me the white of your eyeballs, as my parents used to say. Look at me. You are here on purpose because you have a Let's try that again, and let's pretend like you actually care, okay? You are here on purpose because you have a purpose. All right, now we're going to do the whole thing. You are here on purpose because you have a purpose. You are because you have a Oh, y'all doing all right. Almost as good as the third graders. You're doing all right. You're here on purpose because you have a purpose. We built this church on purpose. It's the whole reason God has saved us and redeemed us and restored us is to be able to use the gifts God gave us to impact and change other people's lives. God has given every one of you a unique gift. Every one of you. There's something unique about it. There's something you love that I hate. I can't stand it, but you love it. Something you're great at that I'm not good at, right? We've been through this before with my singing ability. There are things that people are good at that I'm not good at. And God gave you that gift to be able to impact and change lives. Spiritual growth does not come from learning more stuff. Spiritual growth comes from you discovering the gift that God created you to do and then developing it by acting it out. That's spiritual growth. When you begin to operate in the purpose in which God called you, the purpose in which God created you. Here's my favorite thing that God's done at this church so far. That today, 38 weeks in, 91 people serve on the dream team. Come on, we got to give God praise for that. We got to give God I grew up in a church that I would hear this statistic all the time, that 80% of the people, I'm sorry, 20% of the people do all the work, right? You've heard that? 80% of the people, you know, they, they want, while well, 20% of people do all the work. Listen, when you're at a church where 91 people serve on the dream team, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. That's people who are discovering their purpose and operating in their giftings. They understand that church is no longer about them. Yes, they can come and hear the message, and yes, they can be encouraged by the word because they're supposed to be, but they're here to impact other people's lives. They understand that when they greet open a door or when they hold something out in the parking lot or when they, they babysit, or not babysit, when they rock uh, a baby in the nursery or they watch the kids in elementary or they sing up on stage or they operate a button, a button in production, they understand that everything they're doing is for the purpose, go all the way back to the beginning, because today might be someone who needs to know what? God. You catching? The purpose, let me give you a couple of things that the church has been able to do that also involved in purpose. Again, in 38 weeks, at one point, right before we launched, even before we launched as a church, we gave multiple bikes and skateboards to the Christmas ministry that this school does here. Rock Springs Middle does a Christmas ministry where they go out to, a, they handpick some uh, families in the neighborhood. This isn't like the Christmas tree thing where you're buying kids like overseas. They were in this neighborhood and we bought bikes and skateboards and sent them with them to go give to the families, all right? There was a day we did serve day where we came in here and we did all the landscaping for the school and we did all the work outside and then we took gift baskets to the, to the fire stations and the police stations and it was incredible. If you were here during teacher recognition right at the end of the summer, we, wheel, we wheeled down one of our little platform things that we set up with and it was filled with all teacher supplies. Here's my favorite part. It wasn't the supplies that parents were going to bring. It was the extra part on their list that only the teachers needed that they're so used to never getting because parents aren't going to go out of their way to buy them what they need. And so we were able to give them filled with that. I've got thank you cards from teachers thanking us for what we did. We've already been able to operate in that purpose 
That's so important to know. We were able to do free face painting and free, uh, what do you call them, balloons, little tie balloons? Who? Balloon animals. There you go. All right. We're going to do free face painting and free balloon animals for the whole community of the 4th of July. We're constantly being able to operate in our purpose because people understand that they're here on purpose because they have a purpose and because they understand Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Watch this. Changed my life the first time I read this. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Can I tell you what the two best days of your life are? The day you were born and the day you find out why. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. When I first got saved, my, my hardest struggle was I needed a purpose. I, I didn't have purpose. I had money. I had a really good job. I had 22-inch chrome rims. I had this brand-new cell phone that was in men in black. I was the man, you know. But I had zero. I wasn't the man, by the way. Uh, I had zero purpose. And when I put my faith in Jesus Christ, I was opened up to a purpose. And I found out who I was, and I found out what I was living for, and my life's never been the same since. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for a glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. Wow. The enemy wants you to focus inward, right? He wants you to focus on yourself. But God has put a desire in your heart to go beyond yourself. And once you find your purpose, and once you find that unique gifting, you find what God's called you for, and you get to operate and you get to see changed lives. I got a testimony from somebody that I wanted to read to you guys that I thought was pretty encouraging for those, of you, those 91 people who serve on the Dream Team. It says, we were skeptical of even visiting a church in a school. <laughs> My bad. But we found that perception challenged the moment. We found that perception challenged the moment we turned into the school's driveway. The first thing we noticed was that someone had taken the time to hang a victory church sign. So those dream teamers that get up every Saturday and hang that sign, you're noticed. And then they line the driveway with victory flags. Then they're, of all things, standing at the end of the driveway were people, real people, I love that, holding welcome signs and waving at us with warm smiles. As we walked up the sidewalk, the door magically opened, and we were welcomed by a lovely person who was genuine and sincere. In fact, they walked us all the way to the Welcome Center and into the auditorium. It was during that walk that we noticed how this really felt like a church and not a school. Did you hear that? Because of you, it felt like a church and not a school. The kids' areas looked fun and organized. The halls were draped with banners. The tables were draped with covers. Coffee was available, and even the bathrooms had been dressed up. Can I get an Amen. We put the deodorant in there for y'all who come smelling bad and everything. <laughs> With music playing, people laughing. I felt like I could put this on a greeting card. And greeting us the whole way. It's Christmas. People laughing. And greeting us the whole way. We could tell serious effort, serious effort had been given to create an environment that was warm and inviting. And it was having a real effect on us. Real effort to create an environment where 53 people would commit their heart to the Lord. As we took our seats, we saw that much effort had gone into setting up the stage, and when the countdown neared its end, musicians began moving into place, and when it reached zero, the lights came on and the music started. It was funny, that, that's so important because I was talking to the gentleman who wrote this testimony. He said that at one point he was at a church where the countdown would come to a close, and then it would go five minutes before someone would come out and do anything. That was the point of a countdown. It's like we were amazed how the worship team moved seamlessly between songs and even took time to worship themselves. 
We felt our hearts melting as the worship plowed our hearts, preparing us for the word. Then this young, oh, I didn't read this part. Then this young fireball came, pounding, came bounding out and proceeded to deliver a powerful message about hearing from God. He captivated us with his delivery, which was clear, concise, and scripturally right on. We could tell this man loved people, was anointed of God, and was a force to be reckoned with. This is not a personal promotion, just so we know. <laughs> that guy just reads about himself. You shouldn't go there. Uh, tears, feared our eye, tear, tears filled our eyes because we had sincerely been seeking God about finding a new church home. Pastor Troy took time to meet with us at the end of the service, and we felt an instant connection with him. We even went to Growth Track, and after, peppering, after bothering them with, with questions, realized this place had its act together. In fact, this young church was in so many ways far beyond the church that we had attended for the last 24 years. We truly understood what it took to accomplish all of this, and that was dedicated people who were willing to sacrifice of themselves and their time, rally behind an anointed pastor with a vision, and work together in unity for God's given purpose. The common denominator was a genuine love that was fully expressed by every person we met. Every person we met. And as we left that day, our hearts felt full, our spirits lifted, and our heads were spinning with all that we had seen and experienced. And it didn't take long to realize that our search had ended, and we were embarking on a new journey labeled the victory way. So cool. You can give God praise. So cool. All because 91 people discovered their purpose and started operating in it. And God's got more planned and, and more operating as we go. But here's my vision. Here's where I think God's going to take us in the next six months for this. I think 91 right now, I think by the end of this year, we're going to see 130 people on our dream team. 130 people in our dream team. And here's what's so great about that. Today, right now, right after service, is one-on-one for Growth Track. So if you've been coming for a while, maybe it's your first Sunday, say, man, I'm interested. I want to be a part of that. I understand what God's doing. I want to learn my gift. I want to start operating in it. 30, 35 minutes right after service, you can go through it. We'll watch your kids. You'll find your place. Today, 13 people that graduated the last class, they were already getting into positions. They were shadowing in production. There's Brian back there shadowing in production. Different things are going on as they're getting ready to start operating in their gifts and talents. It's the purpose of God wanting to use you to change lives. We have to catch that, church. Church is not about you just coming and receiving. It's about you giving and using your gifts and talents to impact the lives of other people. So why are we here? Number one, to help people know God. Number two, to help people find freedom. Here's something I didn't say that I wanted to say that I'm excited about the next six months. Right now, Darla and I are training 12 leaders that next small group semester will launch small groups. We'll launch freedom small groups, small groups that are specific about walking people through the Bible and getting them out of that slave mindset. I'm excited about that. Right now on our app, you can go and you can find all the small groups that are still meeting. You still got four or five weeks to be able to jump in and join a small group right now. So we help people know God, we help people find freedom, and then we help people discover their purpose. We join this team and start impacting lives. And then number four, lastly, we're here to help people make a difference. The Bible said, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. I will take you as my own people is the promise of fulfillment. It's the promise of family, that God's going to take you into his family. Because God has put a desire in your heart to do something bigger than yourself with a group of people that you love to do it with. And that's the truth. I'll share this testimony and then I'll close. I thought this was very fitting when you start talking about being in the family of God. 2017, I got the urge to leave my home in Florida and move to the Nashville area, but I wasn't sure why. When I arrived, I searched every area, but when I walked into a home in Smyrna, I knew my heart had found home. My new home was close to Rock Springs Middle School, so I would drive by the signs for Victory Church daily. 
And I always wanted to stop, but I could never get off work. Things worked in my favor, and I got a new job that gave me Sundays off. God, I tell you, you pray, he'll get you Sundays off. He might get you fired, but he'll get you Sundays off. <laughs> the first Sunday I went, I was so excited, but I never expected to feel so welcomed, and watch this, so at home. Until this moment, so many people would ask me, why did I move from Florida to Tennessee? And now I feel like I have an answer, and that answer is Victory Church. I feel as though I've longed to find a church where I could worship and feel at home, and I knew the first day I wanted to recommit my life, and ever since, I've never felt so much peace. The way I feel when I'm at Victory is almost unexplainable, and I love this part. I guess in simple terms, I feel loved beyond words. I feel like I'm home. That's what God's building. Family. God brought us here because there are people that need to find that family. And God's put a purpose on us, church. You heard me say it. I believe we're here until 32,000 people. And so we can say everybody that's in this community has heard about Jesus Christ. If I shared with you just a minute my, my vision, it, it might get you to a place but, but of uneasiness because I tend to dream a little bit bigger than most people. <laughs> so let me just walk with you real quick before I close. The next six months and then where God's taking us and you just got to get ready for it. The next six months, tomorrow, we'll, or next Sunday, sorry, Sundays are day after day for me. We'll start from here to there. And I'm going to change your faith like never before. And I'm going to encourage you that believe for God. We have prayer cards for people that are believing to be able to have children for the first time. We're going to believe for that. People that are believing for lost family members and broken marriages, and we're going to believe for that. And I'm going to walk you through the Bible on how to be able to pray and believe with greater faith. The Bible says that it is impossible to please God without faith. We won't be those people. It'll come to a close at the end of December. We'll step out in faith like never before. And then in Christmas, in that time frame, we'll be able to have this family time together, watch the kids perform on stage, have a Christmas or, or a candlelight service, and then we go into our prayer service. And we begin our church on a 21-day fasting and prayer. We're going to ask God to do something crazy in the year 2019. And that will come to a close with our birthday, and we'll be one year old as a church. 53 salvations. Who knows how many people will be saved by then? Who knows what will happen after that? But here's what I believe. I believe God's going to grow our church to a place where we'll have to go to multiple services. And then out of that, we're going to go to multiple locations. And there's already places that God's put on my heart for us to put other places. And God's already raising up people in this church to be able to go and launch other campuses and pastor other campuses. For, because if we're going to live in a county that is the fastest growing county in the world, where 100 people are coming a day, God has commissioned us with the responsibility to make sure those people know God. So the question is just, are you ready? Are you ready for the next six months? Are you ready for what God's called us to do? Because God's called us to be impactful. And I understand we're just 38 weeks old, but did you hear what God's already done? That just in 38 weeks, you've seen 53 people give their heart to the Lord. You've seen 12 people baptized. You've seen $53,000 in savings. 400 plus people watching on live stream. 91 people serving in a dream team. We launched seven small groups and we're training 12 leaders right now for freedom small groups. God is up to something. But you have to be ready for it. Because here's what I know. Every person in this room is at one of those stages. Let me take you through. You're either in that place where you need to come to know God. You've been on the fence about religion. You've been on the fence about Christianity. And 
There's an opportunity now for Christ to bring you out for all the grace that we've been talking about for the past five weeks, for you to accept that grace and to walk in the freedom that is Jesus Christ. And in a moment, Pastor Brian's gonna give you that opportunity. So maybe that's you. Maybe you're here and you're saved. You've accepted Christ and salvation was instant. But man, this deliverance has been a process. <laughs> it's struggling and you need freedom. And I'm telling you that freedom comes through discipleship that comes through relationship. And there's opportunities right now for you to jump into relationships and to help people be able to, or be able to allow people to help mentor you and put you in a position to where you can use your experience to mentor others. I wish I could just for a second take you through some of the stories of the people that are serving you this week. They're not perfect people. And one of the reasons why I know that is because their pastor's not perfect. He's far from perfect. And they would know that if you ask him. But what I do know is that God's using them to change lives. Change lives. And maybe you're there. Maybe you found freedom, but you're still kind of trying to figure out your purpose, why God's got you here and what that gifting is and what your role is. Maybe you've been in places before where you just kind of sat in the seat and we believe that growth track takes you from your seat to your feet. That's what we call it. But you go from setting to ministering to changing lives. Here's what every dream team person right now would tell you. Yes, there's hard days. We set up every Saturday. We break down every Sunday. We turn a school into a church. But they could tell you testimonies and testimonies about the lives that have been changed that they've been able to impact and be a part of, the stories they've been able to hear, and how God's using their gifts now, but watch this, how God is going to use them even more in the future. Or maybe you're just ready to make a difference. Maybe sorry, I've done all those things, but now I'm just, I'm just ready to kind of move forward. I'm, I'm ready to really start feeling fulfillment, make, just be able to know that I'm in this place and I'm in a family. You're here. You're here. Start looking for the opportunities where you can make a difference. Start believing. Start praying. I think this next series is going to take us to that place where we're believing for God to do something great through each and every one of us. Amen? So if you ever wonder why do you do what you do, why are we here? Why did Smyrna need another church? We're here so that people would know God, so that people will find freedom, so they'll discover their purpose, and they'll make a difference. And that's why God's called you here, to do all four of those things, to experience the promises that he gave the Israelites 3,000 years ago, so that you could walk in a victorious life. That is your reasoning to be a victory church. Lord, we thank you for who you are, your faithfulness, your presence, your spirit, God, your direction, your leadership. The Bible says that without vision, we perish. God, although we have a lot of visions and a lot of strategies and a lot of systems, the only thing that matters is the number one thing, keeping the main thing the main thing, and that is helping people come to know you, God. Come to know you. That's what we're about. And so, Lord, we celebrate the 53 lives that have changed. We celebrate those lives that have been impacted that we don't even know about, whether it be online or people who may not have let us know. And, God, we celebrate in advance the lives that you are going to change and the souls that are going to be saved. Come on, would you just begin to pray with me right now, however you might do it. Just begin to pray for our area, for our community, for our county, for every lost soul that they would be saved. It doesn't have to be this church, but God, we are open to be that church. We pray right now. Would you pray for your family members that are lost? Would you pray for your coworkers, your friends? 
that God would use Victory Church to be able to bring them in and to hear those promises spoken over their life and they'd be able to walk in victory. Lord, I pray for every person that's given their life to Jesus. I pray that they would be able to find freedom in discipleship. I pray your anointing over every small group. I pray your anointing over the prayer tree that we're creating. That God, you would begin to provide freedom for every individual in a way that we read about in the Bible but we don't see today in most people's lives. I pray right now for our dream team that they'd be reminded why they do what they do. And they'd be encouraged and challenged to continue to impact lives. And then God, most of all, I pray you would allow us to make a difference in our community and in our county, in our state, and in our world. God, you would help us to impact people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news, Lord. We're thankful for what it means in our life. We pray that you would help us impact others' lives with it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said,